To episode two of Adventures in VHS, the podcast dedicated entirely to the lost format of VHS. In each episode, I take a look at one VHS classic from my collection of ex-rental tapes, delving into the history of said film, looking in detail at its UK VHS release, and finally moving on to a full and frank review of the movie itself. The podcast supports the upcoming book of the same name, in which I explore 60 of the releases that uh, emerged during that time and discuss my own childhood growing up as a genre film obsessive at the height of the home video explosion. Uh, And of course, the whole project comes aligned with various social media channels for me to share the journey of putting the whole thing together as I go along. As such, I'll just take a minute to tell you that you'll find links to Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and my own blog, Film Rant, by visiting adventuresinvhs.com and you are, of course, more than welcome to get in touch with me and feedback on the show by dropping me an email through adventuresinvhs at gmail.com. For this episode, Adventures in VHS will be taking its first foray into the world of the video nasty, an era we've uh, we've only really touched on before in covering the magnificent Extro, uh, which is often mistakenly lumped in with the video nasties, but isn't in fact uh, on that on that list. Um, as I dissect Satanic Tech Horror 1981's Evil Speak. One quick piece of housekeeping for this show, there's unfortunately no trailer section of the episode, as sadly the UK video space release I have of Evil Speak wasn't given any. Um, It's rare, but it does happen from time to time. So once I've looked at the controversial history of the movie and the wonderful sleeve that it was distributed in on two occasions, as it turns out, uh, I'll be moving straight into the review section. Uh, So with all that taken care of, it's right about time for me to once more ask you to sit back, relax, and get ready to adjust your tracking. Everyone's known a boy like Stanley Coopersmith. Evil speak. He's the kid... Everyone used to pick on him. Screwed up for the last time, Cooper Dick! Speak. You see, everyone thought Stanley was a joke. <laughs> An outcast with no one to turn to. You guys broke my catapult. You're gonna pay for that. No one except man's most advanced machine. Speak. Stanley used the power of man to call on the powers of evil. I, Stanley Cooper Smith, command you! 
loose. Creatures with your strength and force, let them avenge me. And directed by Eric Weston. And 1981's Evil Speak was one of the many films that fell afoul of the rampant moral panic surrounding home video in the early 1980s. Uh, it was distributed through Video Space in 1983 uh, in partnership with a sub label named Film Town. Uh, and that particular pairing would ultimately produce uh, a modest 17 films uh, during the pre certification era. Uh, but it wasn't the only time that Video Space uh, wouldn't work alone. In fact, the vast majority of the 83 features that that distributor put out were done in tandem with sub-labels like Arcade and IPC and Quadrant, just to, to name just a few. Now, following 1981's Dawn of the Mummy, though, Evil Speak would be the second video space film town release, uh, carrying the FT02 catalogue number as a result. And having already enjoyed an uncut theatrical run, the version that ended up on the shelves of video stores across the UK remained completely intact until it ended up in the hands of the BBFC. Now, let's not forget these were the days before the BBFC had rebranded itself as the British Board of Film Classification. Back then, the C in BBFC stood for censorship. So, it's perhaps no surprise that they swiftly got busy with the scissors on this film um, when it was highlighted as a potential video, video nasty by the baying press and religious right and, and political careerists of the day. So, with a chopped version of the film on their hands... Video Space put it back out into the world once again, so it was back on rental shelves. However, there were no changes to the artwork or the tape label whatsoever. So this meant that there were actually two versions of the film that have been released and, and have been floating about in the world ever since, uh, or, or at least floating about in the UK ever since. And there's absolutely nothing to differentiate them from one another other than three minutes and 34 seconds of content that the BBFC deemed inappropriate for our delicate eyes. The film itself later ended up on the Director of Public Prosecution's infamous and ever-changing list of features that could potentially be in violation of the Obscene Publications Act, and sadly, it would end up being one of the final 39 that would also be successfully prosecuted as a result. Of those 39 films, though, Evil Speak was one of only two that would re-emerge in the years that immediately followed. With the Video Recordings Act of 1984 now forcing every VHS release to carry a BBFC certification, Evil Speak was resubmitted and with no extra cuts to the 3 minutes and 34 that were chopped out by the BBC, BBFC before, it was put out on um, Apex Video under their Horror Classics banner. So, along with The House by the Cemetery, which was 
prosecuted as part of the the, the 39 uh, prosecuted films and then put out again with with just over four minutes of cuts in 1988 evil speak was back out in the world uh, while the rotten stench of mary whitehouse's hot air was still fresh in the nostrils of the general public Unfortunately, both the cut video space and Apex Horror Classics versions were, as I've mentioned, pretty heavily cut, and this meant that they were missing some pretty graphic violence and and some really important scenes uh, in the story overall. So this kind of included decapitations, uh, hearts being pulled out, and um, pigs eating people. Uh, And those original scenes uh, wouldn't see the light of day again until 2004 when the film was passed by the BBFC with no cuts and put out on DVD by Anchor Bay. Great news, you might think, and I guess it kind of was, but apparently this version, uh, I can't say for 100% certain I haven't seen that version, but apparently this version, uh, which also popped up on Anchor Bay's Box of the Band 2, um, which is a box set of DVDs that you, is worth getting for the uh, for the documentary uh, alone. Um, but apparently, yeah, this, this version had rather low-quality versions of the cutscenes that had been inserted back into it, um, and by all accounts, they are of a pretty terrible quality, and and sort of are a little bit jarring to uh, to watch within the film as a whole. Um, better news is in May this year, Scream Factory are putting out a brand new version of Evil Speak, uh, which is restored from the original thirty five millimeter print. Now, this they promise will be the fully uncut version of the film, uh, complete with, and I quote all of its long rumored scenes of bloody carnage so that's not the uh, that's not all the releases of evil speak i do know that there was another dvd uh release in america and i think there's been another one fairly in fa- more more recent years in the uk uh but not on um but not on uh, the uh, anchor bay label um so i can't speak for those specifically but with all that in mind i think really this sort of means that for me the best way to see evil speak is or would be via the original 1983 video space release uh but of course the one without the cut so that begs the question is the tape that i hold in my hands the original uncut version or is it the hacked up bbfc cut that's missing over three and a half minutes of gore at this stage of the podcast, I have absolutely no idea. So after we've taken a quick look at the tape itself, I guess we'll find out. All right, I'm here with Bill Byforce and Mr. Chris to tell you a little bit about Outside the Cinema. All right, Reverend Scott, take us uh, to church. Uh, what can we expect to find from a typical show? Two hours of just random blabber. <laughs> Uh, is there anyone's coattails you wrote in on to popularity? I'm the guy that f***ing burns the coattails and then pisses on them. You review all these exploitation, <laughs> horror, comedy, cult, and often all-around terrible movies. You must have a strong driving force that keeps you going. Ego! <laughs> I don't know if I've heard you say that before. Uh, yeah, I've been saying that for a while. Really? I have been saying that for a while. Also, I'm high on smack. Well, it's definitely working for you guys. Yeah. People are coming out in droves to support you on iTunes. We just the other day got a, a, a one star review on iTunes. Well, that is one that is one star too many. Let me tell you. The worst f***ing piece of shit I've ever heard. This has been great, guys. Thanks, Scott. Oh, that was good. Oh, he's got you crying over there. I'm good for the rest of the year. Nice. That was too much. Hi, 
I'm John Water. Yeah, hi, this is Dolph Lundgren. Hi, I'm Lance Henriksen. Hi, this is Keith Gordon. Robert Kuhn. Miguel Ferrer. This is Nancy Allen. Robert Davi. Richard Elfman. Ileana Douglas. Patrick Warburton. Dwing Hauser. Cliff Young. Steve Railsback. Mr. D. William Cass. If you haven't been listening to the Projection Booth podcast, you're missing out. Each week, the Projection Booth brings you in-depth discussions of some of the most interesting movies ever made. I'm Mike White. No, the other one. I'm the guy who wrote the film fanzine Cashiers to Cinemart since 1994. Since early 2011, I've been co-hosting the Projection Booth podcast. Try us, won't you? I never try anything. I just do it. Visit the Projection Booth at projection-booth.com. So before we get on to answering the question of whether or not it's the uncut or cut version that I have, let's take a quick look at the 1983 video space release of Evil Speak. Uh, I'm holding it in my hands here. Um, the cover, I'm sure many of you will have seen by now. Uh, the central image is of um, our lead, and it's kind of an overhead overhead image of him using a computer, and there's a pentagram on the screen, and it appears to be spewing out sort of uh, digital information, as we understood it in the 1980s. Um, and, yeah, he's kind of leaning back and looking up um, he appears to be wearing kind of like a military uniform and his face is kind of lit from below. Um, again, another uh, example of a, a beautifully hand-painted cover. Um, I remember this poster very, very well from the walls of the video shop that I grew up in. Um, I had not seen the movie as a kid. Um, so it, this is another one of those examples where it's a film that I'm very familiar with the cover, but I don't believe I ever saw the film. I could be wrong, actually. Maybe I did. Um, but anyway, back to the cover. Across the top, we've got the um, tagline, Data Incomplete, Human Blood Required, Thus Spake the Computer. And across the bottom, we've got the, uh, the rather imposing lettering um, in bright red of Evil Speak, uh, details below that executive producer Silvio Tabbert uh, who also did Freedom Road and Fade to Black musical score by Roger Calloway whose previous credits include A Star is Born and special effects from Bob Bailey who did Star Trek and Superman so not a bad little roster of people to uh, to have on the front of your, your tape um, moving along to the side we've got that same uh, text Evil Speak down the side there's a white box that looks like it should have a catalogue number in it, but there is no catalogue number in it. As we know, it's FC02. Uh, and then below that, there's the Video Space logo with uh, their own uh, brand tagline, Always More Selective. Um, moving across to the back, again, Evil Speak written across the top in the same text. And then two images. One image of somebody having their heart removed. Um, spoiler, and another image of a naked woman in a bath being attacked by some bitey, furry thing, uh, which I'm assuming is one of the uh, the, the pigs that, that have been mentioned in the, uh, the cuts. So, um, yeah, let's take a look at the blurb. The blurb is as follows. Stanley Coopersmith is the bumbling misfit of the West Andover Military Academy a buffoon on the soccer field and the parade ground and the victim of the cruelest practical jokes. Deep beneath the college chapel, sealed off for centuries, he finds the hidden sanctuary of a satanic priest. Here, Stanley escapes his tormenting classmates 
and in this solitary and haunted vault he discovers a secret hoard of old demonic books that reveal the mysteries of the satanic arts. But only the college computer can unleash that terrifying wrath of Satan's dark heart. Through the computer, Stanley makes contact with the powers of darkness, and together, this deadly combination deliver an appalling judgment on every one of his tormentors. So then across the bottom there, we've got another um, another tagline, which this time is The Last Word in Terror, which kind of doesn't make that much sense. Um, and then the, uh, the, the, the movie credits below there as well. Um... Then the copyright warning and licensed from Film Town on Video Space, always more selective, and a rated R image across the bottom here. So that's interesting. Um, this movie didn't need to carry any kind of um, any kind of rating because this was pre um, VRA, so uh, pre nineteen eighty four, uh, and yet they've decided to put the uh, the US rating on there of R for restricted. Um, and then just across the bottom, we've got the uh, the address of what I'm assuming is Video Space, uh, but could very well be Film Town, which was on 272 London Road in Wallington. Um, so that's the tape cover, and when I open it up, um, I'm delighted to see that the inside uh, left hand of the uh, of the clamshell is an embossed um, an embossed cover. So. Here the sort of lettering and image is raised and it says distribution through video space. Lovely, chunky, raised lettering. Um, and then taking a look at the uh, the videotape itself. Um, not very many stickers on it. There's no spine sticker. Uh, it's a black tape with a sort of beige, um, with a sort of beige lip at the top. Um, and just looking at the label, it's a black label, red logo, uh, evil speak across the front and video space. 14252 is the code on there. Uh, that's a sticker that's been stuck over the top, really, so I'm not too sure what that code relates to. Um, and that's it, basically. Uh, for some reason, whoever owned this before me has decided to write the word screen on the tape in marker. Not too sure why. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's the box for Evil Speak. So uh, let's check out the film. any trailers to speak of we move straight into the film uh, championed by Church of Satan leader Anton LaVey as a must see for Satanists everywhere true story uh, 1981's Evil Speak is an unexpected slow burn of a film uh, albeit one that comes with an absolute riot of carnage and bloodshed just towards the end uh, in fact, of the 3 minutes and 34 seconds of the film that were cut by the BBFC, about 1 minute 53 seconds were lifted from the last 5 minutes alone. 
however, when it comes to answering the grand question about which version of Evil Speak I have, I don't have to wait quite that long. Um, as the opening credits roll, we see a mysterious and, uh, and very European-feeling uh, sequence set on a beach. Um, we discover that we're in sort of... Um, medieval times and we're introduced to a rather imposing figure and his band of followers who appear to be practicing some sort of satanic ritual on the beach here it seems the original version had a beautiful and very naked young woman tied up and decapitated um so the answer as to which version i have really comes um with whether or not i get to see her have her head chopped off Yep, I'm happy to report that indeed the version of Evil Speak that I own is the one that has all of its gory bits intact. And I must admit, I've never cheered so much at the decapitation of an innocent girl, uh, at least that I can recall. Anyway, with the business of which version I own cleared up, I could get on with enjoying the movie itself. And believe me, enjoy it, I did. Uh, as mentioned earlier then, this is a tale of revenge, and once the opening scene is done, we jump forward in time to meet our hero, or anti-hero if you prefer, uh, Stanley Coopersmith. Now, Stanley is an orphaned kid who has managed to find himself at a military school for overprivileged kids, and being something of a runt and a misfit, it's fair to say he isn't exactly popular, and he even has his own affectionate nickname that's been given to him, uh, by the rest of his losing soccer team. Here comes Cooper Dick. Cooper Smith! Screwed up for the last time, Cooper Dick. Cooper Dick, man, you're a bad joke. Nice game, Cooper Dick. Anyway, poor old Cooper Dick. Uh, I mean, Cooper Smith is persistently given a hard time by the bullies at school. Uh, but it's not just his peers, it seems that even the teachers sort of wish he wasn't around, and the team coach even goes as far as to say that it might not be so bad if those voicing their opinion about his playing style did something serious about it. Don't listen to me. You know the policy as well as I do. Everybody plays two out of every four quarters. Now what the hell do you expect me to do about that, huh? Huh? However... So aside from an occasional buddy named Kowalski, who stands up to the bullies on his behalf on a couple of occasions, Stanley really doesn't have anyone to turn to. So with so much pressure coming from all sides, purely because he's different to everyone around him, it's pretty easy to see what kind of direction evil speaking tends to take. Whether he's being pushed around by his peers, yelled at by his coach, beaten by his teachers, or ordered around by the people that work at the school, he's pretty much being put upon from all angles, so it's, it's really only going to be a matter of time before he breaks. It also doesn't help that his educators are obsessed with making sure everyone is wearing a hat. Cooper Smith. Where's your hat? Cooper Smith, look at you! So, between his lack of footy skills, the constant harassment from everyone around him, and an inability to retain headwear, Cooper Smith is having a rough old time of it, and this is compounded further when he's singled out for punishment as a result of his persistent hat misplacement. First of all, he's tasked with slopping out the school pig pen in a scene which can only really be described as pig's position. Hey! Don't they teach you damn fool cadets none about pigs? Watch! Could 
than you. There is one ray of light, though, as Stanley has happened upon a whole host of mysterious trinkets deep within the bowels of the campus. Down below the halls and corridors, there is buried evidence of black magic and other terrifying things, and our hero's got a little bit obsessed with it. Uh, One relic in particular is a dusty old book uh, with a bejeweled eye adorning its cover, and that's of particular interest to him, as it seems to hold the key to the evil high priest responsible for the decapitation that we saw in the opening credits, Father Esteban. So, thanks to a 1981 DOS version of Google Translate, Stanley starts to decipher some of the cryptic writings that he's found. And before he knows it, there are pages and pages of demonic incantations and satanic worship uh, that he's managed to input into the machine. Uh, And while at first all of this research feels based on, on Cooper Smith's natural curiosity and lack of anything better to do, It does soon become clear that he's hoping to invoke the power of Satan to help him take revenge on his enemies. O Lucifer, appear forthwith and show thyself to me. I, Stanley Cooper Smith, command you! While all this is going on, the computer Stanley has nicked to furnish his little underground satanic church is making deeper and deeper connections with the other side. So with all this evil speak that he's tapping into it, he seems to have some sort of textual incantation going on. And it's around this point that the film starts to begin sort of to-in and fro-in um, with, di- with these sort of elements of the plot. So you'll see Stanley getting more and more into his new hobby, and then you'll see sort of the, the presence of Father Esteban growing a little bit, and then he'll Stanley will need to sort of go and find out a little bit more, so he'll go off and do that, and then the computer's learning more. So it's this kind of to-in and fro-in thing that, that goes on for a bit and really sort of builds up the tension um, and, you know, starts moving the film towards a direction that you kind of know that it's, it's, it's going to. Um, there is one breath of fresh air in there, though, for our anti-hero, and that's when he happens upon the campus chef... Uh, who gives him a feed and tells him he's not the misfit of the school and that he's in fact one of the the more likable pieces of the of the school puzzle who who could potentially be doing an awful lot better for himself. So over mashed potatoes and whiskey, uh, this campus chef then invites Stanley to to go and look at some puppies. Nothing dodgy there, and and Stanley asks if he can keep one of them. Uh, which is the runt of the litter who's struggling to get by having been pushed aside by his siblings. Maybe this puppy's better off not making it. It's a tough world out there. you got to be able to kick and scratch if you want to survive. I found that out right after my parents died. From what I can tell, like these other pups... The ones that can do the most pushing and shoving, they get the biggest piece of the pie. So yeah, the runt of the litter thing is something of a heavy-handed metaphor, but it does give the film a plot device that will allow the main protagonist to sort of complete his journey to the dark side, if you will. Um, Think about it. Stanley has a cosy little hideaway down in the basement, complete with candles, a sacrificial altar, a computer asking for blood... And a lovely fluffy puppy. So, what could possibly go wrong? I guess we're gonna have to have an animal sacrifice. So, of course, the bullies have ultimately been moved towards murder. 
killing the very thing that so perfectly reflects Stanley himself. As you'd expect, this is Cooper Smith's bucket of pig's blood moment, and it's what it's what really sets off the the final act. And what follows is an explosion of sort of digital satanic revenge, uh, which really kind of needs to be seen to be believed. Um, there's death by fire, there's death by decapitation, there's severed arms going on, there's heads being split down the middle, uh, there's people being eaten alive by ravenous rampant pigs, and it all climaxes with the head bully, Bubba, having his still-beating heart ripped from his chest uh, as the flames of, of hell lap at the doors of the school and 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 sort of leave leave behind this sort of prison that, that's, that's held Stanley uh, captive for so long. And if all that wasn't awesome enough, the movie ends rather abruptly, which something I, which is something that I'm, I'm very fond of in horror movies, when you just get a very dark ending and then it's just over. Um, and that's what you get here. Once you've kind of seen that sort of carry-esque ending of, of this mass vengeance that's gone on and then the, the school effectively burning down, um, you're really just left with this abrupt message that tells you um, that after he took this sort of brutal and glorious revenge, Stanley was institutionalised as the only survivor of what went down as a terrible and tragic accident. Then we get a tease with uh, an absolutely terrifying digital image of Cooper Smith that seems to suggest that he's somehow still out there, wreaking vengeance on wrongdoers in, in the form of some sort of computerised demon. Um, interestingly as well, on the cuts front, this digital image that sort of stares at you from the screen it lingers quite long and um that image was actually the, the length of time that that image was on screen as part of the bbfc cuts was was cut down so as terrifying an image as it is um it's even more terrifying in this version because it's sort of staring at you for that that much longer so in summary, and as I'm sure you'll have guessed by now, I absolutely adored Evil Speak. Uh, it's one of those rare horror movies of the era that sort of lives up to its reputation with, with oodles of gore and, and interesting kills, but still manages to be an, a classy production, an actual decent sort of movie that's worth watching for, for so much more than just the, the, the blood and carnage. It's not hard to see why Anton LaVey was such a big supporter of it um, and and recommended that all sort of uh, Satanists-to-be should, uh, should watch it. Um, and it's also equally not difficult to see why it would have made the, the Christian right so nervous back in the day. Essentially, it's the story of a, a persecuted young man who successfully turns to Satan to fix all of his problems. And the fact that he does so with technology during a time where many would have been pretty ignorant about the limitations of computers, you can kind of start to see how those same white-haired lunatics might have thought that kids all over the world would be suddenly booting up their Commodore VIC-20s to see if they could bring forth the Prince of Darkness via the power of five kilobytes of RAM. So, yeah, it's, it's easy to see why it, it ended up on the nasties list. Um, I think, judging by the other films of the day that were sort of prosecuted and... and and the, judging by the films that also were uh, were heavily cut back then, yes, I think it probably deserves to be on that list. Um, I'm not saying it deserves to be banned. I'm not just saying it deserves to be cut. Obviously, I don't believe that. But I think when in the context of the other video nasties, it's uh, you know it's got a lot of it's got a lot of stuff going on in there. Um, 
but it's all well worthwhile and it's all thoroughly enjoyable in its uncut format. So, um, yeah, so the the good news, though, is that regardless of its history, um, Evil Speak is overall a movie that, in its uncut form at least, is well worth seeing. Uh, I'd recommend the VHS, of course, but if that's not possible, it is good to know that there are DVD and Blu-ray options that are either already here or are right round the corner in the uh, in the Shout Factory release. Um, and when the latter arrives, I might well be tempted to boot the film up just one more time. Remember that little kid you used to pick on? Well, he's a big boy now. And that was Adventures in VHS episode 12, Evil Speak. For next month's show, I will once again be asking you, dear listener, to choose what movie is covered next by way of a vote, which I will be posting online in the first week of April. Um, I did it once before, and it was incredibly popular, and it was requested by a listener as a possibility for for another show, so I thought, hey, why not, let's do it. Um, So basically... I'll be throwing up probably five films um, and I'll be posting those on filmrant.co.uk and I will be uh, asking you to vote for which of the films you'd most like me to cover. So um, the films will basically just be... uh, I'll just basically show you the the covers and you can make your decision thereon so think of it as walking into uh think of it as like walking into a video store and 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 being able to choose from five movies that are sat on the shelf um once the votes are in i will let everybody know on uh, on facebook and twitter etc uh which ones have won and which ones will be covered in the next show um or should i say which one will be covered in the next show um so yeah keep an eye out for that best way to keep track of of what goes on with the voting and everything like that um as well as the best way to keep up keep up with everything that's going on with the podcast um is to follow me on twitter or on facebook or on instagram or all three um or just to keep an eye on filmrant.co.uk which is where everything uh, usually ends up anyway if you need links to any or all of these things the best bet is to just head to adventuresinvhs.com and you'll find it all listed there. Um, and so that's it. Yeah, thanks for joining me. And as always, I hope you enjoyed listening to Adventures in VHS as much as I did making it. I'll be back very soon with another VHS adventure for you all. But until then, ta-ra! But it wasn't the only time Video Space would work alone. In fact, the vast majority of the 83 features at that particular... Oh, what's up, buddy? Oh, what's wrong? Is Daddy talking bollocks? <laughs>